everybody. This is Chris. And Kathy. We wanted to take a minute to thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate every listener and are grateful for this platform. Please help us share our vision by subscribing to our show through your favorite streaming app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Petability Podcast. Check out our ever-growing list of affiliates and sponsors. Simply go to the show notes for information and links. And be sure to use our promo code PETPOD22, that's P-E-T-P-O-D-2-2, on checkout to receive your discount from our affiliates. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Alon Landa, CEO of MedcoVet, and I'm a proud sponsor of Petability. We decided to partner with Chris and Kathy because, like them, we want to empower all pet owners who are trying to do the most for their pets. At MedcoVet, we specialize in advanced home laser therapy for pets. Laser therapy is a safe and effective treatment for common conditions like arthritis and wounds, and it relieves pain for most conditions caused by inflammation. With MedcoVet, pet owners can perform this treatment at home while receiving support from experienced clinicians. If you think your pet would benefit from healing at home, visit MedcoVet.com, and one of our clinical experts will work with you to determine if home laser therapy is the right fit for you and your pet. Tell them PetAbility sent you. Welcome to PetAbility. I'm your host, Kathy Simons. And I'm your host, Chris Cranston. Our podcast provides interviews and information to help your pets live their best lives. Hi, Chris. How are you today? Hey, Kathy. I'm great. Guess what I did this weekend? Oh, gosh. Give me a hint. I mean, it, there... it was it was a bucket list thing that wasn't even on my bucket list. Oh, I can't, I can't wait to hear. Do you tell? What is it? I rode polo horses and played <gasps> a little polo. No. I did. Out. I did. And it was a little bit scary, but these horses were amazing. Like you could literally do anything to them because I did inadvertently. And they were still so patient and and my my horse's name she's a beautiful chestnut was wanda 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 and when wanda felt me falling off to the right like i'm going down she did a sharp turn and got me back in the saddle and it, she was amazing but the aftermath is is oh, no. yeah yeah i'm i'm a little sore in places i don't want to mention you need to have the donut to sit on <laughs> <laughs> so I spent the entire day up to this point stretching, hot showering, mm-hmm. rubbing. Yeah. yeah. Well, think about what, poor Wanda. What about Wanda? Well, Somebody's got to rub Really, Wanda. really, really. <laughs> poor Wanda. I, I did. I, felt, I thanked her and I apologized. So hopefully we're okay. What's been going on with you? Well, I, I got a full-blown situation on over here, Chris. I don't oh, know. No. Uh, yeah. Is it bad? I t- no, but listen to this. It, this happened to me a couple of years ago, actually. So this is the second time this has happened. My old house, it, you know, every year in the fall, I'll get a nice, you know, plant, a mom, put it out on my deck, you know. And when I was at my old house every day, this squirrel would come and dig up my plants and try to put a chestnut inside the plant. Oh. Right? But then, but then he would decide he didn't fit. So then he would dig up the plant, take the chestnut and leave. So at one point I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bring the plant inside because every day I have to go out and then re- re- push my plants back down and put the soil back in, you know? So I brought the plant in the house and the next day the squirrel knocked on my door. What? 
pissed. And he was jiggling my screen door. So I decided at that point, I would get him his own planter, right? So that's how I fixed that situation at that house. I gave him his own planter and he buried his little chestnuts in it. And that was very creative. It's happening at my new house, right? So now I have, long story short, his name is Squirrely. And it comes to my house. Oh, that's not creative. That's not creative. I know, but you know, what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do? So he comes to my house every day. Same thing. He's trying to plant his chestnut in my mum's. And I'm in the window from a safe distance. I'm trying to shame him a little bit. Like, look at all your friends. They're they're way ahead of you with the planting, with the with the gathering of the nuts. Every day you're back with the chestnut. So same thing. You know, I, I, I brought the plant in and I got him his own planter. But now the Blue Jays are trying to take oh. over. I know there's a whole situation. So I'm a little worried about squirreling. I'll keep you posted on him. You know, That'd be so great. He's, he's, he's got one chestnut in, but the, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I'm a don't read into that, him. people. Don't I, read into that. I, he's got one chestnut <laughs> in the planter, in the planter. Oh. I'm a little worried about squirrely, but I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll keep you posted on that. I may have to put up some anti-Blue Jay fencing. I don't know. <laughs> Jay, Jays are tough. They're, they're, mm-hmm. you know. they're a little aggressive. All right. Well, listen to what I've got for you today for topic. Yeah. Um, we're talking about dog beds today because I think it's a very worthy topic for dogs. I mean, I need a good bed. You need a good bed. We all need a good night's sleep. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the kinds and types of beds that we can use for our dogs, particularly for us. As rehab practitioners, we, we often like to talk about things like the orthopedic beds, particularly the egg crate and the memory foam. But there are other types of beds out there. Uh, so so Chris, many types of beds. Chris, what do you want to start with? What do you want? Oh, jeez, I'm somewhat overwhelmed when I go into a, a store and see the selection and variety of beds. But I think we can help our audience to be a little bit more discerning in that they first need to watch their pet, right? And what is their dog? naturally do. So what does that mean? That means, do they curl up? Do they stretch out? Are they a leaner? Does their head hang over the end? You know, and to your point with, with older or disabled pets, you know, the ease of, of getting in and out of them and the surface, you know, the, the material that they're made of that, that accommodates them. Yeah. And for some of my senior, for some of our senior dogs, making sure that you can get in and out of that bed is really a big deal. Actually, you know, I, I, the two types I see mostly for uh, on the market for the senior dogs um, in particular, the egg crate and the memory foam, right? So the egg crate sound, it's just like what you, what it sounds like. It's those little valleys, you know, dips and valleys in the bed. And that's really great for dogs in general because it helps distribute that weight over their, over the mattress, over their body. So they're not having these pressure points on their hips or shoulders or, elbows. Um, and I, and, and the, the, the spaces in between the egg crate are great because it allows airflow to get in there. Mm. And I think the one downside to it is it does seem to wear out a little faster than the memory foam. Um, but the hip memory foam holds a little bit more heat, I think, than the egg crate does. You know, it's nice. You can get in and then it kind of contort. You kind of, kind of get in there and it just hugs you. And that's, that feels great because I have a memory foam bed, so I know. <laughs> yes. But, um, but it holds the heat. And so, uh, you know, to your point about thinking about your dog's position, not only do they sleep with their, you know, curled up with their head up, with their head down, do they like a bolster? Is the bed big enough? Is the bed too small? But also, um, can they, can they get in? Can they get out? Um, what also is there, is there, uh, you know, are they hot sleepers or cold sleepers? Are your dog, is your dog pant at night? Um, or do they like to get under the covers? So maybe if they are a dog that likes to stay warm at night, maybe that memory foam really is a good choice for them. It holds the heat a little bit better. 
Um, but if not, maybe that egg, egg crate one is a little bit better because it allows for that airflow between those pockets. And let's talk a little bit. You mentioned earlier pressure points. So, you know, what, what are pressure points and why do we need to be concerned about that? Oh, goodness. I mean, I guess I would say that those points are, are points of contact, really, when they're, you know, if you're laying down. So if your dog is laying down, I would say those points of contact with the bed are typically hip, knee, shoulder, elbow, you know, because they, if they're laying on their side. Um, and that um, what we want is we want their weight to actually be distributed. We don't want all that weight on that one on those particular points. Right. So I think if I always think back to people in my career with people, you know, if we were to lie on a hard floor in any position and you focused on where you were feeling the floor, those would be pressure points. So like the dog, if I'm on my side, you know, my shoulder gets squished, my hip, I, I always feel, you know, a lot of pressure in my hip. And that's actually what causes us to want to move, to adjust, because you feel that pressure point, the blood flow is actually you know, blanching out of that area because the weight of our skeleton squishing down through the tissue to the skin, it, you know, it's. <laughs> I'm making a face. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> that sounds awful. That, that, that sounds, but, but we all need blood flow because it, ultimately it could, you know, you have some, a dog that's very thin or atrophied that that lack of blood flow could lead to worst case scenario, like a pressure sore, which is right. a sore from the inside out. So yeah. that bone pushing from the inside onto the skin can cause that skin to break down and then it opens up and it's a very deep sore. It can get infected. They're hard to heal. And you know, that's an extreme scenario, yeah. but I think that happens unconsciously when we all sleep. If you notice that your dog is constantly shifting and getting up and turning over and, you know, pacing in the night, I mean, there could be a number of reasons for that. But the, one of the first things I think of if my dog was medically healthy is, are they comfortable in their bed? Right. Because if you do have that distribution, they should sleep. They should like sleep comfortably. Sleep like a puppy. Exactly. And, and, I mean, one of the reasons, I mean, I would say that one of the greatest reasons for having a really good bed for your dog is because your dog needs to get good rest, just like you and I do. The dog needs to be able to get to have uh, REM sleep because REM sleep is the most restorative of the sleep. So we need to make sure that our dogs get a, get a good, comfortable bed so that they can get good sleep. Um, just like you and I, our dogs need good sleep. And they don't sleep like necessarily like we do. You know, they'll take shorter naps throughout the day. And then that, at nighttime, we need to get them into a comfortable position so they can get into that deeper REM sleep because that's the restorative sleep. Um, have you ever gotten a bed for your dog that's just completely like rejected? <laughs> like you've gone out to the store, you got, you know, I got yeah. I got this bed for, for Jagger a couple of years ago and uh, I thought it was the greatest thing, right? And I put it in the living room and he completely rejected it. It was, he just hadn't want nothing to do with it. So I threw it into the hallway thinking, oh, I'm just going to get rid of it. I'm just going to throw it away. But then he found it in the hallway and he's like, why have you never given me this bed before? Right? So sometimes, It's a whole new thing. It's a whole new thing. Right? And it occurred to me, it was the placement. It was the placement of the bed for him. Um, was the bed in the living room? Was it was the bed too drafty or too? Was it near some a heater? Or was it something that about the placement of that that wasn't wasn't perfect for him? Um, but then when it moved to the hallway, all of a sudden it was the greatest newest bed you know on the market. So don't give up so, on it. You try so, moving it, and 
Yeah, I've had many clients that have told me about the rejection of the bed, and it's always the most expensive bed that you could imagine. Right. You know, they think, oh, it's expensive. It's got to be good, and my dog's going to love this. Yeah. And they don't. But I, to your point, I think that that's a, going back to observation, right? The animal typically wants to be with you. The animal wants to be able to see you. I heard a while back that a uh, dog never lies someplace without intention. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'll notice that they'll be positioned in a place where they can, you know, maybe scan the the largest area of the house. So when you mm-hmm. go to from the kitchen to the living room, they can still keep an eye on you, you know, that kind of thing. And then when you get out of sight, what happens? If they can, they get up and they try to follow you, right? Because yep. they don't want you to be out of their sight. So yep. yeah, that placement thing I think is is critical. Yeah. And so then I learned, I was like, you know what, maybe I'll let my dog sort of pick and where, you know, I'll just take that bed and move it to several places and sort of let him pick where, um, where he would like to be, you know, where he would like that bed to be. And my dog is um, a, a full out sleeper. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've ever, I mean, uh, we don't typically let our dogs sleep in the bed though. I, I like to have my dog have his own sleeping space, you know, his crate in his own bed mm-hmm. so forth. But occasionally he'll get in the bed. My dog can expand like four times his size. In the bed. It's amazing. It's only a 25 pound pug, right? Or 22 pound pug. But when he gets in the bed, it, I don't know how he gets it. It's like they morph. Yeah. They morph into a blob. I don't know what happens there, right? It just, you just, and then somehow I'm on the corner. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I but, think many of our listeners can, can relate, can to, relate that. to that. Right? Yeah, can relate yeah. to that. So, you know, again, we're looking at, um, not only your dog's position that they sleep in, um, where they like to sleep and how they sleep. Are they side sleepers? Are they long out sleepers? My dog's long out. Like he likes to lay flat out on his side. So I need to, I, I think for, for, for most people, I would say maybe go a little bigger than, than a little smaller, you know, yeah. in those beds because you want to just make sure that maybe a little and, bigger is a little better than And smaller. give them that option. You know, if 90% of the time they curl up, you don't want to have a bed that just accommodates that curled up position because 10% of the time they want to stretch. And if they're confined, you know, by a bolstered bed or in a little donut or something, they they don't Mm -hmm. have that option. So, you know, definitely. I want to also mention that, you know, a good bed doesn't necessarily mean a soft bed, right? right? It has to have some substance um, to support. Mm -hmm. And... It brings me again back to my PT days with people, and I'd often get asked, you know, what's the best bed out there? What kind should I get? You know, whether mm-hmm. it's a brand or, you know, back in those days, it was before the whole memory foam, Tempur-Pedic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, craze. But, you know, do you get a coil bed? Do you get a, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's no right answer. Yeah. And so again, you have to figure out, you know, what's best for you as a person. We have to figure out what's best for our dogs. So some people really need a firm mattress and other people want it soft and accommodating. I'm one of those soft and accommodating. I used to have, I was like one of the last holdouts with my waterbed. Remember the waterbeds? <laughs> yes, I mean, I how, how many decades ago was that? <laughs> and, you know, everybody else had moved on. But wow. I, Not you. <laughs> my waterbed was, was, yeah, the cat's meow, as they say. So, um, you know, it, it, you know, Kathy's talked about egg crate. She's talked about uh, memory foam, and, and those are all great. Um, you know, there's polyfill. There's, you know, just a, a flatter foam, you know, type of mattress. Um, again, depending on the situation, too. Uh, 
you know, maybe one bed in a in their crate and another bed in type of bed even in in the living room or or what have you. So, right. And I think it's important to remember too that when you get these beds, they do have a, most of them most of them have a lifespan. Okay, so um, if you get yourself your egg crate bed, you want to make sure that you when you put your hand on that, you don't want to be able to feel that floor. You want it to be able to be sort of squishy. You don't want to feel the floor through that bed. So those are going to wear out at some point. So we really need to check those and make sure that if you're, you know, prevent those pressure sores, make sure, I mean, at some point we need to replace the bed. So we need to keep an eye eye on that. Is the bed starting to wear? Is it starting to sag? Was it firm? And now it's not firm. Those memory foam ones, they they absolutely last um, longer, but any of those other ones, we really need to check and make sure that we don't need to replace them at some point, or especially if your dog's been historic, you know, had a history of sleeping in that bed. And then all of a sudden they're like, meh, you know, they're right. like, well, What's I should check and make sure that, you know, it's not worn out and maybe it needs to be replaced. Yeah, um, definitely use the hand test, you know, and if it feels hard, yeah. um, you know, I agree with that. And I kind of think about it like shoes, mm-hmm. um, you know, like if you're a runner, you can probably relate to this, you know, you may, um, have these, you know, fantastic shoes, but if you're putting a lot of miles on them or if they're sleeping in that bed a lot, it's going to wear out faster. And so maybe you put a time frame on it. You know, I've seen some things like with spring cleaning, you know, buy a new bed, get a new blanket, you know, whatever it is, but, you know, almost kind of put it on a cyclical sort of schedule where, you know, because time... Bu- flies and we don't always realize how long it's been. But if you check your, your dog's bed every six months or something like that, you know, put it in your calendar and just make sure it's still, still doing the job. Yeah. Seasonal check in the summer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the other thing that's important too, for these dogs, you got to make sure that the covers are, are washable. I, that's just my opinion. I, I, I mean, either the bed itself goes in the washing machine or the cover mm-hmm. goes in the washing machine. Um, it's got to be kept clean, you know, yeah. that's, yeah, let's, that's let's talk about those things that, tend to be invisible to the eye that oh. we're actually laundering, right? Okay. So the obvious is going to be dirt mm-hmm. and hair. And yep. some people think, well, you know, I can get the hair off periodically yep. and you can, but you, you know, you want to do a deep cleaning. But what we don't think of is oils and mm-hmm. bacteria. Right. And, you know, so it's in there. It's in there. And yeah, you got to get rid of it. You know, just think this of is you, why we wash our sheets. Exactly. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully more than, you know, once a year or Every something six like months. that. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Right. But that oil gets onto the, gets onto the bed, you know, and, and it wears the bed and then it also gets back on the dog. Dander. And the dander. dander. Yep. Yeah. It contributes to the dander. Exactly. Yep. So um, we got to make sure that those are machine, at least the covers machine washable. Some of those smaller beds, actually, the, some of those can actually go right into, mm-hmm. you know, the washing machine. So check that out and make sure that, that you can keep them clean. You know, maybe we don't think about it as often because they're dogs and <laughs> we're people, but right. Um, but it really should be kept of clean of, of dander and hair and and, and the waterproof the waterproof yeah line yeah dog has incontinence mm-hmm. um, you know that's will save a lot of mm-hmm. replacement of beds and mm-hmm. laundering if you can just take off that cover and it's sealed from the innards you yeah. know so that egg crate that memory foam yeah. I mean I don't even know how washable the memory foam is. I don't think yeah, of any size, you know, you wouldn't be able, you'd be throwing that washer off balance or, big right. So, you know, yes, they're usually vinyl. So that's going to contribute to a little bit of heat storage and so forth. But I think better than the alternative, you know, you could put a few layers of, of blankets or, or topping, you know, a mattress topping. topper. Yes. Between the uh, pet and the vinyl 
cover, but at least it's going to prevent yeah. it from going down. Oh, and if your dog's a digger too, because some dogs are like, they're going to go through that. So like, are you going to get yourself a bed that has a canvas cover? It's got a little bit more durability to it. Um, Kevlar. Sure that, yeah, or Kevlar. <laughs> because you have a dog that's a super digger, right? Um, to make or sure chewer. That, or chewer, right? To make sure you get that. You know, I have some clients that usually the, a lot of those beds come with an inner, like you said, that the, the mattress is wrapped in something. But I've actually had some clients be pretty intuitive. If they have a zipper on the, on the bed, they'll actually take the memory phone out, wrap it in something, you know, mm. a plastic cover. Um, and then put the canvas back on because we don't want dog to have access to the, the plastic underneath. But um, but if there should be an accident, you know, and, and, and there was any leaking, you know, we'd have some plastic covering on that, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, on that, mm-hmm. um, that, that part of the foam, the foam part of the bed. So right. those are things to consider as well. And, and I'm sure we've all experienced or heard tale of coming home to the white tornado <laughs> that is the innards of the, the bed, right? It's like this blizzard yeah. that you yeah. talk about, you talk about digger expanding in the bed. How does all that polyfill expand to, it's like a hundred times what, what the size of the bed is. <laughs> we've all experienced it with pet toys, you know, all of that. So yeah, definitely be cognizant of that because mm. you, you want to prevent the the catastrophe the innards yeah yeah um how do you, you don't want the bed those? i got a, i got one kathy you don't yeah. want the bed innards to become your pets innards no <laughs> we don't we don't want any foreign body surgeries no, out there no no no, no. exactly <laughs> we don't want that um how do you feel chris about these heated the heated beds and the cool beds do you have any thoughts about the beds that come heated oh i definitely think that there's a, a time and a place right yeah, so yeah. I think about my cat in particular with heated beds, you know, a lot of, a lot of cats and maybe small dogs, um, you know, they get cold you know, yeah. fairly easily. Yeah. So, um, you know, having a warmer, you know, either retaining their own heat as we've alluded to based on the material, um, or having something that, uh, can be heated up. Um, but I think we need to all be careful when it comes yeah. to electric you know, so, you know, I've had people ask me, oh, I'll just put a heating pad, you know, underneath my dog's mattress. No, 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 no. Um, those are way too hot. Mm-hmm. They don't cool down over time. Anytime you're mixing a child or an animal with electricity, it can be an accident waiting to happen, you know, so you don't want them chomping on the cord or getting tangled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there are those considerations. But I think something that can be uh, a very mild warmth or uh, microwavable, you know, so it's as hot as it's going to be when you put it in their bed and then yeah. it's going to cool down from there and what do you think? I worry about some of the patients that um, that are less mobile. And you're right; some of these products are they. If the bed doesn't cool down over time, or if uh, if it's too hot, are they able to move off of it? Mm-hmm. You know, or some of these patients that have decreased sensation, or some of these patients that have things like degenerative myelopathy. Um, do they even know that the bed is hot? Because they even have that sensation that the bed is hot. So I think you have to be very cautious with the electric bed. Um, but I think you're right. I think in some sense, instances, I think that a little bit of gentle warming is good, especially for arthritic patients. I think in that morning time, you know, when they wake up in the morning, that's when I find them to be the most stiff. And maybe some of that warming, gentle warming may be appropriate for them, you know, especially, you know, first thing in the morning when they get up. But it needs to be, yeah, it needs to be under supervision. And and, and if you plug it in, then you need to be around to, to be there and make sure your dog can get off of it and dog doesn't chew the cord. So I think there could be a place for those. You know, I think there could be a place for that. I actually have had experience the opposite, the cool bed, the canine cool bed. Actually, mm. I think I like the cool canine cool bed. My first pug, 
as he got older and he turned about 13 or 14, he started getting, he would get really hot at night. And I imagine, you know, a lot of these senior dogs have difficulty with thermoregulation, you know, when they're older. And so he was a hot, hot sleeper and he loved that canine cool bed and accidentally bought the extra large, <laughs> which was actually nice because then I could lay on it with him. And it really did. It was a nice, gentle cooling. It really did cool off the skin and it was comfortable. And what I did with it is I put a, you know, a little blanket on one side and left the other side with the, with the cover of the sheet. And so he could move on and off of that to get either cooler or less cool, you know, if you wanted to. So I actually had a good experience with that. I think you got to be cautious with the canine cool bed if you have a digger because that that plastic covering, there's like a little foam inside. You put water in, you suck all the air out of it. And and that plastic, you know, if they were digging, they could potentially rip that. So I got one mm-hmm. with a cover. I got a cover mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. And it was nice. Yeah. I know a lot of the, I do a little bit of agility with my dogs and a lot of the athletic dogs need the cooling beds uh, between, you know, runs or, or, you know, whatever the situation may be, if they're, um, you know, getting really hot with the athletic activities, or it can certainly be seasonal too. You know, you, you do something more heat retaining in the wintertime and more cooling in the summertime, especially if you don't have, you know, AC or, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, like I said, definitely there's a place in time. I want to emphasize what you said about the arthritis because generally arthritis does respond to warmth, but again, very mild, gentle warmth. They can't, you know, tell us. And usually arthritis is equated with aging and with aging also is the lack of thermal regulation. And, you know, so there's a whole thing. So. <laughs> so many fa- so many factors to consider here. Mm-hmm. You know, it almost makes me think as I'm talking to you, if I'm going to go out and buy a bed, maybe I should make a list. You know, one, my dog likes to lay flat out. He also likes to lay with his head up. He gets hot at night. So maybe, you know, the cool bed is for him. Uh, you know, he likes the flat bed rather than the round donut bed, you know, and maybe just make a list and then I can go to the store and I can kind of cut down or, or see what meets my criteria. My dog has arthritis. Maybe I should get him something that has a gentle warming uh, bed, you know, but, but gentle warming and, and yeah. so forth. So maybe make a list before you even go out to, yeah. or before you even get online to see what you want to just narrow down that list because there's so many pets to go through. And I think that you and I had talked about this before. The other thing is, I think you may have mentioned this, just because it's an expensive bed doesn't necessarily make it the greatest bed out there. Or the there. right bed for or your the pet. Right, or the right bed for your pet, exactly. Yeah. So um, so make a list of what your criteria is for your dog to, to get that bed. And um, that might help you cut down some of your, you know, the, the narrow down some of the choices, I think, when you go when you go shopping for your dog. I think the checklist is a great idea. Also, you could bring your dog and, you know, have them pick it out, you know, by putting it on the, the floor of the store or what have you. One of the advantages of actually supporting your local uh, pet supply store as opposed to getting it online. Right. But also keep in mind that your pet may not behave the same way in the store as they do at home. But, you know, it's going to give you one more data point. You know, if you, if you, you have two beds that meet the criteria on your checklist, then, you know, see which one they like. I've had that, uh, experience, not me personally, but clients uh, where where I'm working, they have the lovely, very large memory foam beds. And the dogs go in and, you know, they just plop right down, make themselves at home. And many a client has then asked, what kind of bed is this? Where did you get it? And purchased it for a hundred plus dollars, bring it home and it's no go. You know, I like, 
Yeah, I like this bed when I'm at the vet, but at home, I what? I, I've never laid on this before. What Dog is this? Acts like, like it's never seen that. Yeah, exactly. Where did, this, where did this bed come from? Exactly. <laughs> I have to do this. So ho- hopefully, through this show, we're we're helping uh, you guys make make some sound choices. But. And then it made me think too when we were talking about pressure points um, on dogs. Have you? I'm sure you've seen this product, Chris. And I'm going to put this out there because it's it may be an alternative for helping dogs when they're laying down. Because some of our dogs, no matter what we do, are going to just migrate towards that cold, the cool kitchen floor, right? Uh-huh. And probably for that very reason, one, the tile is cooler, maybe um, it feels good, or maybe you're washing dishes in the kitchen. Your dog wants to lay down there with you in the kitchen rather than go lay on their bed. We should check out a product called um, Dog Legs. Have you seen oh, the Dog Legs? Oh, yes. Love the Dog Legs. I know. It was such a brilliant idea, too, because initially she had just made these like elbow padding to go over the dog's elbow pads to prevent these um, hygromas in dogs. And so, um, but they've it's evolved over the time since I remember when she first came out, when they first came out with it, it's uh-huh. evolved quite a bit. And the thing is, they're just like elbow sleeves. They come up over the dog's elbow, up over the back, and then they Velcro together so that the elbow pads don't slide off. Uh-huh. And so the good news is wherever your dog goes and wherever they lay down, the elbow pads are already on. So you can yeah, lay down. The, the protection. Pack. Exactly. You can lay down at the vet, you can lay down at the groomer, you can lay down on the kitchen floor. So inevitably, again, you know, your dog may just be like, I just like the kitchen floor, but we need to protect them, their, their joints. And, and I think um, the dog legs is actually a good um, alternative or a good product for, for helping us with that. And, you know, talking about retaining heat, if they have arthritis in those elbows, it helps to keep them warm by having that wrap. You know, it's kind of like us, you know, we go out and play basketball, you put on the neoprene sleeve. It actually, you know, keeps your knee a little bit warmer and helps prevent, prevent injury that way. You talked about the hard tile floor or wood floor. Yeah, that's not comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. imagine yourself laying on, on that. But also, even on the rugs, like many rugs or wool or a similar uh, material, and just the little bit of movement as your dog's looking around and such, they're shifting slightly. And that skin on their elbows has the potential for abrasion. And especially if they're a large dog, that's a lot of weight. And if they're, you know, on that laying on that carpet, you know, 10 hours a day, then it could break down, you know, get, get a little, yeah, friction right. causes a little wound there. So, um, yeah. So I'm a fan of the dog legs mm. and, um, the thing that I think is the most brilliant part of it is that she created it so it doesn't slide because oh, anytime yeah. you try to put anything on your dog uh, like that, um, the potential for just a sliding right off, you know, is inevitable really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, and, and they're I, comfortable. I prescribe them many a time right? and the dog doesn't even, you know, seem to mm-hmm. react to them at all in a negative way. You know, it's like, Oh, Okay. And they're loose enough that they can lie down comfortably. They can stand up in them, but they, to your point, they don't fall down. So they can still, they're not binding, I guess I should say, you know, restrictive of any movement. Restrictive, Mm -hmm. Um, which is always important for us as rehab people. We're always making sure that we don't want anything to restrict, you know, range of motion or or, um, movement in these dogs. Um, Chris, I can't, is dog legs with with two Gs so people can go to that D-O-G- L-E-G-G-S. G-G-S, dog legs. And check that out because they've got a really good product there for mm-hmm. protecting. And they've the been around a while. And they've yeah. come out with a lot of, of different products over time. But yep. yeah, that's one of my faves. Yeah, it's one of my go-tos as well. It's one of my go-tos. Inevitably, somebody will say, my dog's not going to lay down there. She's going to lay down on the floor. She likes to lay down and put her belly on the cold tile. <laughs> you know? Or wrap themselves around the toilet. Right. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that, that toilet is a cooling cool. device. It's yeah. cool. And then you can get a, a drink, I guess. After I, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's cool and it's cold and the tile is cold and it, it probably feels good to some dogs, you know, especially your, your northern breeds. Some of your, you know, your huskies and your bigger, you know, hairy big dogs are probably going to feel more comfortable in that cool, you know. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe that, that's when you decide, okay, maybe the canine cool bed or the cooler bed is, you know, the way to go for me. But Again, just check out those dog legs. I think that's a wonderful product. Well made. Um, been using them for a long time. So I'm happy with them as well. And maybe we can get uh, somebody from dog legs on the show one of these days. Oh, I would love that. I would Wouldn't love that be to. Cool? It would. And I'd love to hear her story because I remember when I first met her. And this is, I don't want to date myself, but I. Oh, go ahead. Date yourself. Uh, okay. I think I met her in, <laughs> when she first came out with it in 2002 and 2003. It's been so exciting to see how. Um, the product has developed and changed and, and she's continually, uh, improving, you know, on, mm. on this product. Um, I think it's about as improved as it can get. I don't think there's any more, mm. it's about mm-hmm. as good as it can. But then coming out with another line of uh, other lines of other things for other, you know, conditions. So the wrist, the hawk, things like that. So, um, they just, they have more than just the, um, the elbow coverings, you know, there's some other products as well. So I'd love to hear her thoughts on how she got started and what motivated her and, and uh, how did she come up with these ideas, you know? Why didn't yeah. I invent that, you know? And we've talked about this before, too. It's like necessity is the mother of invention, you know? Mm-hmm. A lot of the products in the, the canine rehab world have come along because there was a need and it wasn't out there. And so mm-hmm. somebody took it upon themselves to just start entrepreneurially engineering things and, you know, figuring it out because a lot of times it was their own dog. You know, right. that, that had this problem and, you know, it's like, well, how am I going to fix this? There isn't anything out there. So what, what can be done? So yeah, there well, was well, I was just going to say, we'll be sharing more of those stories as, we'll, as we go. I think we'll share some more. We'll see if we can get dog legs on the show. I bet they will. <laughs> bet they will. So let's talk a little bit about just kind of different types of mattresses. You alluded sure. to that, like in your, in your checklist, I think, mm-hmm. uh, have you noticed that some of the the people in your circle have resorted to human mattresses, meaning like a child's crib mattress yep. or a futon because they have this giant breed dog and they can't find a, a mattress big enough? Right. Yeah. So we do have a lot more options out there now in terms of size, but I think those really extra large giant breed dogs, there's still a bit of a problem with that. So right. definitely, um, you know, consider you know, that as well. And then, you know, we've talked about, well, do they like their head up? There are, it's different than a bolstered, which has sides, right? Those tend to be pretty abrupt, but the um, dog that just likes to rest their head on the pillow or what have you, they actually make these beds that just have a rather shallow uh, incline, you know, up to the side that uh, isn't uh, so severe, if you will. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of a nice option. And have you heard of the pup tent? No, I have not Mm. heard of the pup tent. (laughs) I know. I hadn't either, but I was looking online and lo and behold, I saw one. So it's kind of crate-like, right? Mm -hmm. They go into their little little cave and, you know, it's the bed and then it has, you know, sides or a teepee or igloo, you know, kind of over it. So they... Yeah, they're yurt. Yeah. So, you know, they feel secure in there and mm-hmm. safe. So that's, that's an awesome kind of thing. So if your dog, that sounds, like, that sounds like fun for a little dog too, you know, maybe just a place or a quiet, safe space for those small dogs, you know, mm-hmm. to retreat mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Absolutely. And then if your dog's a burrower, you know, likes to get under the, 
the blankets and things. There are those that have kind of the built-in blanket uh, over the the top, you know, kind of like a sleeping bag that they can. I've seen those. Yeah, nest into. So one, it keeps them warmer, may make them feel safer. You know, my my Baxter, he likes to feel pressure and confined, and that's when mm-hmm. he feels the safest. So mm-hmm. he definitely is a burrower. So little dachshunds, you know, that's what they. They want to right. <laughs> That's what they were bred for. Burrow yeah, in, buddy. Burrow. <laughs> what about um, the elevated, like cot type oh, beds? I can't believe we didn't cover that. Yeah. You know, I think those are good for an outside option too. I've, I have a couple of clients who have them um, outside, so they're off the cement. Um, or the damp grass. Or the damp grass, right, yeah. Uh, so I think that those are good. Or, you know, I actually have a few clients that will sometimes use them alternatively for patients, for their dogs, if they have a little bit of incontinence. So maybe they mm. rotate being on that cot um, while they're cleaning, you know, the other one or whatever. So sometimes they'll use that in rotation with the beds. But I like it for outside. I like that they're up off the ground or up off the wet grass, you know. So I hadn't I, thought about it, though, for, for incontinence. That's great. So yeah. like the urine kind of runs through or even mm-hmm. if they have a bowel movement, then you can kind of rinse it off. And, and yeah, and it's not off. sit and it's not sitting, you know, yeah. next to them because it's kind of sifting yeah. through. That's that's a yeah. great idea and can be I don't, cleaned easily. I don't know how I don't know how supportive it is um, as far as, you know, uh, pressure source and so forth. But I think outside mm-hmm. particularly or for some of these dogs that are incontinent or rotating them. As they're, you know, having comments. Oh, I, I like them actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's cooler because the air mm-hmm. flows cool. around them. You know, so when it's warmer outside, they get that circulation of air under and over. So that's awesome. And then, like we alluded to, you know, anything that's hard or damp, it's it's better than the alternative. Like you said, outside, mm-hmm. you know, the ground cement. Um, and then also just being up a little bit, you know, if they're a smaller dog and they're in a pack and, and what have you, and the, you know, big dogs are running around, you know, they can, they can climb up on their, their cot and, you know, kind of claim superiority. That's right. Observe (laughs) from a little bit higher position. But then we also need to talk about those dogs that do have mobility issues. You know, that may not be an option. They can't Mm. get on and off of that easily, just like they couldn't get in and out of a bolster bed easily Mm. or a really soft donut type bed easily. You know, maybe if they're fairly immobile, we can place them on it or in it. But, uh, you know, those are considerations. Um, You know, on your... Can you get your dog in and out? Can you get can you get them in? Can they get themselves in and out, yeah. or can you help which would them be ideal in and out exactly? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, so on the bolster bed, if they do have any mobility issues, uh, definitely three sides, you know, versus four, so they don't have to climb up and over you know, the side, but then also, you know, we've talked a lot about the surface itself and if it's really soft and billowy and clumpy and uneven, if your dog has any sort of balance issues, which oftentimes this goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. Some weakness or what have you, then that leads to issues with, with balance and agility and coordination. Mm -hmm. And even without having a neurological diagnosis, you know, think about older people, right? They're prone to falling because it happens with aging and there's just a number of factors that are involved in that. But, uh, you know, having a more predictable surface of the bed and something a little bit firmer from which to stand up. So back to your original comment about memory foam and an egg crate, you know, egg crates a little bit bumpy, but yet it's predictable. Mm-hmm. And the memory foam is definitely, a, you know, a more solid, you know, kind of thing versus getting wrapped up in all kinds of, you know, blankets and, and polyfill and yep. you know, such. So 
Are you laughing at me? Because you can see no. me. Our listeners can't see no, me. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking with my hands right now, and I'm really into yes, this. Yes, very into the topic, and I, I am too. You know, before, I think we covered just about everything, but I would like to say one thing. I don't want to discriminate against the cat people, mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, and and you can use the same rules that apply to getting the dog bed as you can for the cat people. And cats need good sleeping surfaces as well. Now, um, cats, of course, are, are different about their, their sleeping. And the same thing, you got to just figure the same thing out for your cats. So just, you know, just keep in mind that cats need a good sleeping surface as well, especially as they age and on their joints, they're going to need a nice, good uh, bed as well. And they need good sleep too. You know, they need a good night's sleep as well. So. Absolutely. And any my animal. My cats. <laughs> for, for that matter. I think it goes without saying that the cats are different. I think, cats are I think, different. I think any that's cat owner though. knows that, that their cats are different and superior to exactly. any dog that, that's out there. So <laughs> that's a whole other show. <laughs> that's really. a whole other show. <laughs> show. But, um, but I think you can use some the, the rules that we've, you know, we've laid out here for the dogs that you can probably lay out a lot of those rules for your cats as well. But just keep in mind that cats, you know, they need a good sleeping surface as well. I think we also need to touch on, you know, kind of this concept of careful what you wish for, because, right. uh, you know, if, if the bed is, is truly right and, and comfortable, sometimes they will choose to no longer sleep with you in bed at night. And many owners, you know, want that, you know, the, the bed is for the daytime and, you know, in the living room and, and such, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, they may sleep, be sleeping with you until you get that perfect bed for them. And then they're like, see ya. That's how you know it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. I, I want my own space, you know? Yeah. So, but, but really it can be also be an incentive to stay off the bed or off yep. the furniture. If that's something you don't want, you know, it's, if you find a comfortable bed for them, then they're going to be much more likely to gravitate to that versus yep. up on the, the sofa, for example. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think so. I've, I think we could wrap it up. I think we covered, <laughs> we covered the beds. <laughs> we covered the beds. So, well, I look, I look forward to hearing more about uh, Squirrely as time I'm goes so on. Worried about Squirrely, I'll keep you posted on that, and hopefully we can uh, follow up the show with our with a guest um, from Dogleg. So, thank you everybody for joining us, and please join us again um, for our next show. Thank you. Thank you. Out. Bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Facebook or on Instagram at Petability Podcast. For more information about Kathy's books and living with blind dogs, please go to EnableYourPet.com. Thank you and please tune in next time.